What's up, guys? It's Matt. On today's edition of the TKW Podcast, Kyle Maggio and I talk about the latest in the Jimmy Butler rumors. We talk about the Nets, Clippers, and Knicks, the three potential teams that Jimmy Butler could end up on that were on his wish list. We talk about whether or not the Knicks actually should make a deal, whether it makes any sense, and if this front office will stick to its word by not giving up any sort of assets. So without further ado, let's talk Jimmy Butler. Hello, folks, and welcome to the TKW Podcast. I am Matt Spendley, and I'm joined today, as always, by Kyle Maggio. What's going on, folks? Kyle, how we doing, buddy? Did you hear the news today, the big news? You know, it was a busy, busy-ish 24 hours, to be honest. I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm really excited to see what Tyrius Walker can do in training camp. I, really excited. I was thrilled about I'm ecstatic uh, that that was the last training camp body that they picked up. I think he's going to turn a lot of heads. Um, probably going to make the team. It's going to be a good time. Is that another Kyle word we have to add to the dictionary? Ecstatic? Ecstatic. You said ecstatic. I, th- I think I think now you're just looking for it. <laughs> and, <laughs> you'll hear it. If you and, listen to it, you'll now, play it back. You'll be like, and, I said that word incorrectly. I, I, think, I think it's poisoning your brain. I think you're <laughs> looking for everything that I say to be incorrect. And granted, most of it is, but not that time. Uh, we, we'll listen back to this, of course, but... Uh, no, but for the big 24 hours, we had the, the Courtney Lee uh, demanding a trade and then immediately getting rescinded. And, and then, uh, uh, obviously, the Jimmy Butler news today. So, I, I don't I don't know. It was a, a very busy, surprisingly busy 24 hours, and this is before we even got the training camp. Yes, I know. And unexpected, considering, I think if you had told us what the biggest Knicks news would be, it would be a Joe Kim Noah situation. But all of a sudden, that's almost been pushed to the back burner with... Media Day just around the corner. And that's what I would have expected to have come up. A Joe Kim Noah buyout. A even a Courtney Lee trade would have surprised me at this stage, but this was a whole nother animal. So we're gonna talk about all of the potential options with Jimmy Butler and the Knicks. So for those of you that live under a rock and maybe didn't see anything about this and are just listening to the podcast, Jimmy Butler earlier today met with Tom Thibodeau and the rest of the Minnesota front office and requested a trade out of Minnesota. The initial reports via Shams was that he had a list of one to three teams that he would like to be traded to, and that list could stand to expand. The first report from some sources was the Heat. Then we saw the Knicks trickle out, and then Woj came in with the Woj bomb and listed the three teams, the Clippers, the Nets, and your New York Knicks as the three potential teams that Jimmy Butler had on his list to be traded to. Now, that doesn't always mean anything because when Kyrie Irving was traded from the Cavs, the Celtics were not on his list. That didn't matter at that stage. So it's simply a preliminary discussion point. But the Knicks are a team that some free agents have been linked to. We know that this has been a thing with others like Kyrie Irving and KD and some other players. The big three of Kyrie, KD, and Butler has been the discussion point. And now with the Jimmy Butler news, it becomes more of a reality whether or not we believe that it will actually happen. There is a world in which 
It does. So, Kyle, what was your initial reaction to this report? I, don't, I mean, we've sort of been leading up to this all summer. You know, I think it was in June or July that report leaked that Kyrie and Jimmy were a package deal. So since then, we've had, um, I wouldn't say serious talks with our followers or anything or Nick's Twitter, but we've it's definitely come up as a topic of conversation if the Knicks should go all in to try to clear space for those two or try to acquire those two to some degree. So I wasn't really, I guess I was expecting it, you know, but I don't know. I was, I was more surprised by the list that was assembled. It was the Knicks, the Nets and the Clippers. And to me that just screamed, you know, he, he just wants to be like the guy. No matter where he goes, he wants to go, start fresh. It doesn't matter if it's a good team or not. And he just wants to be the guy. So I think that maybe scared me more than anything else because the the whole, not, not something that we've been pushing, but something that we've kind of been cautiously optimistic about is the culture change and building a, a real team environment, a team that wants to work together and get these young guys thinking that way. And then Jimmy just kind of, you know, he's enter, he's 30 years old. You know, he's looking for a five, four or five year deal to be paid 150 to 200 million dollars and I, and he wants to be the guy and I don't know if that's unless you, you know you're going to get a Kyrie or something to to come after it just doesn't seem like a guy that that you'd want. That's all that I kept thinking about was I, I saw those teams and it just struck me the wrong way. I don't know why it almost would have made me feel better if uh the Lakers were on that list. So I could be like, "Oh yeah, he wants to play with somebody else." You know, somebody that's that's talented and good. And, and it looks like he just kind of wants to come where most of these teams are devoid of top-class talent. And I don't know, it, for whatever reason, it rubbed me the wrong way. I feel like I'm the only one who was thinking about that. Maybe I'm overthinking it, but that's what I ended up thinking about. I just thought the list was funny because a lot of times when you see these players demand deals, they want to go play for marquee franchises. And meanwhile, Jimmy Butler's like, all right, give me the Nets, the Knicks, and the Clippers. The two New York teams that haven't been sustainably good in over 15 years for one and 20 for the other, and the lesser LA team. It's just hysterical to think that these are the teams that he said, I want to go here. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. It just, it. Normally, you see the same kinds of teams, I feel like. You always see the Lakers, you always see whatever a couple of the top five playoff c teams are like, yeah, yeah it's like when whenever lebron is you know well, you, you're yeah usually in those rumors yeah it's, a, it's always this yeah you always see the same kind of thing and then here it just kind of threw me for a loop because it was it was all the same kind of team you know it wasn't maybe maybe you'd always see one of those kinds of teams and the other were, were contenders or playoffs but that's kind of what struck me the wrong way here uh, amongst other things but uh what was your reaction well, I think that anytime, no matter if you want Jimmy Butler or not, it's always exciting to have rumors abound about your favorite basketball team because it's a rush. It's a rush of adrenaline. You're uploading Twitter. You're constantly checking your phone for the Woshan. It's just fun. Like It's just a fun time, no matter if you want something or not. And it's just a certain visceral reaction that you have to any sort of news. We went through something similar last summer in a completely negative manner when we were all on pins and needles about the KP thing where it's, oh my God, the next notification could be from Woj saying the Knicks have traded KP. And now it's like, oh my God, the next notification from Woj could be that the Knicks traded for Jimmy Butler. And it's just a, it's an exciting time, but also nerve wracking, but also just a variety of other emotions that are hard to peg down. 
I think that what I noticed the most was Nick's Twitter, whatever you want to classify it, all of the people that we interact with, all of you guys, were pretty much in step with each other on this one, saying that the Knicks should not trade for Jimmy Butler. That seemed to be the reaction. We had a poll about if the Knicks had had to include one of Frank Knox or a first-round pick in this trade, and there were some harsh reactions. And that was the point, and I'm so glad that those reactions came out. They fed me. That that was my energy I needed for today, those reactions, because it was all like, why would they ever include this stuff, which just tells me that people are buying into the rebuild that the Knicks are talking about. And that is a testament to the words that have been spoken by Mills, Perry, and Fisdale, especially in the town hall they did on Monday, when, of course, Mills specifically said, we are not going to trade our first-round picks, and we are not going to give up assets for guys we can get later on down the line in free agency, which means if he's a man of his word and sticks to it, there is a 0% chance that the Knicks trade for Jimmy Butler. And Shams reported it in his article. He said that the Nets and Clippers are circling, but the Knicks have basically said, we're good for now. That's the most recent report from Shams, which does not surprise me at all. But yeah, I mean, that's the way it should be. And this is this is the thing that we've complained about for so long. It's We're not asking for a lot. We, we've just been asking for normal decisions. And I know people like to make pretend that the Knicks never took this stance before, but I'd like to remind everybody that when Donnie Walsh took the team over, he did almost the exact same thing that Perry has been doing. A little bit different, obviously. It's not an exact right. it's not an exact parallel. But he came in, he cleared out some salary, he got some young guys, he drafted pretty well, and then uh he signed one guy in twenty ten, which was Amari, and then he was gonna build the team around that. He knew Carmelo was coming in free agency. You know, he did his due diligence, he went in to see if they could try to make a deal that was reasonable considering Melo was basically a rental. It wasn't guaranteed that he'd re sign, but he knew they had a, a damn good shot that summer to just sign him outright. And uh, he said no to the Nuggets offer. And uh, James Dolan went ahead and pulled the trigger on the deal. So that's why I got, I wouldn't say I got in any arguments. I got in some debates from the Knicks wall account today because folks are just saying, well, you know, Mills said we wouldn't do that. Mills said we wouldn't give up assets. And, it, and we've had guys who have told us from this front office that they wouldn't do that before. And, Sometimes it's out of their hands, is my point. Now, I'm cautiously optimistic. It really seems like, from just the optics of it, that Dolan has sort of learned his lesson to some degree. It, he's very quiet. He's very reserved. Even in the interviews, he's just... its a, I don't know. It feels a little bit different to me. But at the same time, this is... We have nothing proven to go off of. You know, there's nothing to really show that we should have a, a serious amount of good faith. There, there's no evidence of it. Other than, okay, they were competent for a year. They didn't make any big splashes. They were just competent for a year. So, I, I, I don't know. It's it, We're not asking a lot here. It's just be normal. Like, yeah, he's going to be a rental for when you trade for him. If you don't, you're going to get a year out of him. Tops, if you trade for him right now. Right. More, than, more, more likely you get half a year. So, just why would you gut a couple of those young guys for that? It makes no sense. Is that Mello or Mace asking me to say something on the podcast? That was uh, Mello, who's normally okay. the quiet one. This is the perfect transition because I was going to compare the Mello scenario real quick. Jimmy Butler is also not Carmelo Anthony. At the time when the Knicks traded for Mello, he was 
regarded as one of the big stars of the NBA, a huge personality that would come to New York and make a difference off the bat in terms of a personality thing, reinvigorating the team with a new sense of energy and on the court. Jimmy Butler is not that. Your point about Dolan is 100% accurate. I think that for the most part, people are buying into this new Knicks front office, a new James Dolan that's going to have a hands-off approach. And I think you're right. Until we see that go poorly, which I really don't think so, because it's also, you got to remember, Steve Mills has been with the Knicks for a while. I think if he was tepid about Dolan's involvement, he would not talk about him. But he said multiple times, he goes, James and I have had conversations. We understand what needs to happen. So we'll be optimistic about it until something goes poorly. We always know there's a possibility, but it certainly doesn't feel like that's bound to happen. It doesn't feel like we're about to get an LOL Knicks where they trade Frank Nielakina, Tim Hardaway, and our first-round pick for Jimmy Butler. Yeah, and that's the other thing, too, about the Mello point. Mello was, I believe, 26 when yeah, we made the point, trade. because Butler's 29. Yeah, and Butler's about to be 30 this year, and then he's looking for, a, basically in his 30-31 age season, he's looking to you know get a four- or five-year deal. And at the end of that, he's going to be 35, making $40 million. So, Just scary. Which is scary. And I mean, we, you know, Melo got lambasted for being, what, 32 years old, making $25 million? Yep. So what are we doing here? You know what I mean? It's very, it's kind of, it's kind of scary. And again, I, I like Jimmy Butler. Jimmy's still, I, I understand he's sort of leaving his prime, but he's still in it. And he's still a very, very good player. He's a top 15 or so player. I think that's probably the consensus. We know what he is on D that speaks for itself. He's an offensive factor as well. He can go get you a bucket from almost anywhere at any time. Tough guy, gritty, and he's a leader out there. That's what you would want. So in the present moment, all those things are beautiful. But in the context of where where this franchise is and where they're trying to get to, you know, again, barring the stipulation that they know something that we don't know about another free agent only joining if if Jimmy comes or if Jimmy and Kyrie, you know what I mean? Like, I'm barring that, it doesn't make any sense. And because it doesn't make any sense, I just don't see why they would trade now. Whether they pursue him or not next summer is an entirely different story. But why they would pursue him right now to gut part of their roster to some degree, um, it doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. And having any sort of guarantee from Kyrie Irving, for example, is just not feasible at all for a few reasons. One is just because he's coming off an injury, so you never know what's going to happen there. And the the number two one that I believe pretty strongly, I said it about when LeBron was in Miami and that 2014 year when they played the Spurs and they lost, I believed very strongly that he was going to stay in Miami, but I was adamant. I said if LeBron wins a championship for the Miami Heat and they three-peat, Is he really going to leave Miami after doing that? What if the Celtics have a great year, they go to the finals, and they beat the Warriors? Are you telling me that Kyrie Irving is already going to have a guarantee in his mind before that happens, potentially, to come to the Knicks after winning a championship in Boston? Which is a likely outcome since they're going to be the ones coming out of the East. And when you get in the short series, you never know. So I think the Celtics will probably be the second or third title favorite for this season. So... It's an outcome that is just on the table. So for him to rule all of that out 
and just say, oh, I'm just going to come to the Knicks no matter what happens seems completely ridiculous to me. It is ridiculous. Everybody's let themselves get talked into it because this summer has been just truly something to behold with how people decided to believe this was the the turning of the corner. And maybe that ends up being true, but just to the degree of which people believe it is what I don't quite understand. And I've and I've been saying this with you since probably April or May that I'm very that I'm very cautiously optimistic about what Perry's doing. I, I've been high on what they've been doing just because it's been logical. It's been just simple, easy decisions to make. So I do believe that to some degree this is a turning of a corner, but people making it seem like, you know, in two years we're a lock to be a top three seed, and that's just not the case. We're very, there's a lot of things that still have to happen before this actually takes off to any degree. So I, I don't know. People just let themselves. Yeah. just kind of go a little bit too far with this i think and i'm and i'm cautiously optimistic you've been on there uh, that same wagon with me but it's too far now and the first step of getting any team to those heights is to land a superstar which is the argument for trading for a jimmy butler which one of our callers makes right here the knicks need to trade for jimmy butler let's be realistic kd is not coming to new york we have a way better chance of signing Kyrie. And if we can secure Jimmy Butler now, we have a way better chance to get Kyrie. I believe the Knicks need to trade whoever it takes, except Knox, Robinson, Nilekina, and Porzingis. Everyone else should be on the table. And if we can keep the first-round pick, that would be ideal. But maybe we're going to have to use it. So there might be some people out there that are okay with parting with a first-round pick to potentially land a Jimmy Butler, which, of course, the Knicks have said they aren't going to do. But sometimes in a dire situation, a team has to go back on their word. And when a scenario like this comes about, I think what you're wary of happening is what happened to the Lakers with Paul George, right? The Lakers were basically like, we're going to get Paul George. We're not worried about it. OKC jumped the gun. They got him. They convinced him to stay. And then he ended up signing a deal in OKC, and the Lakers were out of luck. Of course, they ended up getting LeBron, but LeBron's not coming around every corner. So what do you think about that argument, that they need to get Jimmy Butler in the door as soon as they can to potentially set up getting some other free agents and convince him to stay in New York? This is sort of one parallel that does kind of ring true for the Carmelo situation, because we got Carmelo, and then that became one argument for why it was okay to overpay at that time to secure Carmelo. So that way you trade for him, you know you're going to lock him into an extension after that, and now that you have one guy, all these other stars are going to come. And it didn't really happen that way. Yeah. You know, they signed Tyson Chandler, which was a good get, but then after that, it was a lot of odds and ends still. You know, Jeremy Lin panned out uh, for a brief time before leaving to go to Houston, but then it was Steve Novak was a big piece of that team, and he was a kind of a forgotten about guy before then we had jason kidd come on his uh last legs we had pablo come and make a big impact but he was raymond felton raymond brought back raymond felton that 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 they brought back um and he was miserable the second time and i mean jr smith after coming back from china right so we never really got that other big free agent it just never accumulated And, and the other thing too was you know we still had amari and we could have used i was gonna say that's the problem because 
they couldn't get another guy because Amari was eating up so much of their cap, and he was a dead hit by the end of the contract there. So that's why I'm not really too crazy. But And they had the opportunity to amnesty Amari, too, and they didn't do that, but it's neither here nor there. The point is they they didn't do what they needed to do to get another free agent in after that, and it seemed like nobody was really interested even when they did have opportunities. And I, I don't know that that's a good argument for where this franchise has been, I guess. Now, things can always change, but for where where we've been already for the last 15 years, do we really want to try to go back down that path and gamble again? And is Jimmy the guy to gamble with? Again, he's going to be 30-31 you know, next year, which in all seriousness is, would be the time that we would get him, you know, or at least lock him in for a full season. So I, I don't... It's not that I don't believe it. It is. It does help. Like having a Jimmy Butler for sure would help. When other free agents are looking at the team and see Jimmy and a healthy KP come back, it helps. It probably gets you a, a guy. I just don't know if it's going to get you the right guy. Is it going to get you those A-level guys that you want? Or are we going to get these lower-level B-tier guys again? High-level C-tier guys again? Those little odds and ends free agents? You know, regular impact guys, but nobody who's going to really, truly move the needle for what matters, which is getting to a, an Eastern Conference Finals. I don't know. I, I don't think that this move does that. I don't think he's the guy that you, you put the chips in for. I think he's I think he's the guy that, you know, you, you make the auxiliary move for. I just don't think he's the guy you want to start out with to, to go down that path. It's a great point, and that's considering a variety of factors, including his age, his potential looming max contract, as you mentioned, he's going to get being he's going to end up being paid an immense amount of money into his mid thirties, and then just his track record in the past. We've seen some of his issues with teammates struggling with young players. The Knicks roster is full of young players. And speaking of those young players, real quick before we get into some more reasons why we think it's not the best idea to end up trading for him, if we're going to talk about a trade, a potential trade in a scenario like this is. Tim Hardaway Jr. seems like a lock if they're going to trade for Jimmy Butler to go out so that salaries can match up. So if it's a Hardaway and an asset, like a Hardaway and a first-round pick, which I don't see why Minnesota would accept that. It's not enough unless they feel the circumstances are so dire that they need to trade Jimmy Butler as soon as possible. Or, you know, the Joe Kim Noah's contract is still there for the Knicks, and I would imagine that they'd say, we'll give you Joe Kim if we attach another asset, if that's the avenue they decide to go down, which, again— we don't think is going to happen at all to answer kind of your thought on the poll question. If it comes down to it, what asset would you prefer them to part with? Assuming that Kevin Knox is just completely off limits in a scenario like this, Frank Nielakina or a first round pick. I know I'm going to get harassed tomorrow and that's fine. I put you on the spot for that yeah, sole reason. Yeah. Um, it, it would be the first round pick and, and it's, and it's something that's been floating around a lot. Um, on just sports Twitter in general, ever since that Khalil Mack trade, um, where they're making what? that. Well, no, remember? Have you seen that? Uh, that I wouldn't say it's a meme, but they brought back that little Family Guy bit about the the mystery box with the draft. I don't picks. know if I've seen it. Okay, so with Khalil Mack, they basically made the joke where Gruden keeps saying, "Well, they well they need a pass rush, so they need a pass rush," but <laughs> but they don't have Khalil Mack now, who was the pass rush. So the, I, the best part before you go on. The best part about that was when Gruden sat down with a straight face on Monday night and said, you know, Khalil Mack, he just didn't want to be here. So we had to get rid of him. Yeah. Yeah. And, and his reason, and his reasoning was because he didn't come to OTAs, which is not for the Khalil Max of the league. So yeah, again, because it's not for the fucking best defensive player in the entire league. No, no, 
But um, but continue. No, but the mystery box thing was so someone was like, "Do you want a boat?" Because that's what Peter did in the episode. He's like, "They're like Peter, do you want this boat or do you want a mystery box?" And then he turns oh, yeah. the, he turns to Lois and goes, "I have seen this." He goes, "Yeah." He goes, "Uh, just for the listeners who maybe have it." He goes, "Lois." He's like, "We could have the boat, or we could have this mystery box, which could even be a boat." And that's kind of what I feel like giving up the draft pick would be. It's like we can give up the draft pick, which could be anything even a jimmy butler or we could just get a jimmy butler if it came down to that like if it was like uh tim hardaway jr you know joe keem noah and then joe keem noah and then the first round draft pick unprotected your dog is like get joe keem noah out right now, i don't please. i, I don't understand out. i brought him up here because he's the quiet yeah, your dogs one. are i gotta feature them i think it has to be featuring mellow tonight yeah this is pathetic it's, it's, <laughs> he's never it's always mason but anyway so that that's the way I feel about it. I feel like yeah, if you if you had to gun to your head and you had to give up one of those three, and you'd assume Knox is off the table because he seems like he has more of uh, the ability to be special. And Frank is. I think we all believe in Frank here. Obviously, I do. I've on record countless times, but he's and our more fans a, certainly do. Yeah, for damn yeah, sure. but but he's still more of a project. Like he might tap out as just being a really like a like a Roberson, like a really good defender. Can't really do a lot offensively i think he'll be better than that but that's my point is you never really know how guys are gonna end up so if you wanted to, to cash out on frank i get it but uh gun to my head i would just go with the pick because it's again you could you know how many times we, we get a pick and we look at a guy and go this is a sure thing and the odds of that actually being a sure thing i mean what are the percentage that, that somebody actually pans out to be like a, a starter level player isn't it like 15 yeah, you to 20 percent it brought this up a lot when we were having pre-draft pods. You were saying there's – and it gets worse the more you go down. You know, you're looking at a Kevin Knox with the ninth pick. What are the odds he ends up making an all-star team? Like 4%? That's the argument, right? Yeah, basically. I mean, it, it's not a high percentage. And I know it sounds good because we watch the college games and then we see these guys that we fall in love with over the course of the year. As you know, it's very easy to do so with prospects. And then we think, well, that guy's going to translate for sure. And then they come to the league and they just simply don't for whatever reason. Maybe they didn't get enough development. Maybe they're not athletic enough. Who knows what it, why it doesn't translate. But, yeah, I mean, I would just go with the draft pick because the odds are literally in your favor if you you know were to trade the, dra- uh, the draft pick. And it's not like prior regimes where it was just like we're trading all the draft picks. That's obviously wrong. But if you right. trade a draft pick to get a star and then next year you just have your own draft pick anyway, let's say – then it's really not a big fucking deal. We got to get you watching more college this year, Kyle. I it's it, trust me, it's high high on my list. Last year, all I did was when I think we were about two months in, and then that's when you got to serious uh, draft prospect watching. I was watching yeah. I was watching all the Trey Young games on my own, and then oh, with, that's right, you were and, watching all the Trey Young and like nothing else. Yeah, and then when, when you started bringing up the Bridges, uh, the Bridges guys, and um, that's when I started tuning in to those so i was watching their games and that was all i was able to fit in for the most part and that's that was fine but i I do want to just watch more and i'm gonna have to anyway yeah we'll get you going this year i think to your point i think it's the right take if gun to their head and they have to do one i think you trade the pick but at the same time neither of us think this is remotely close to being a possibility because think about it this way how much have the knicks talked up frank nilakina in all last season and leading up to this season. There is no shot they trade him unless there's some sort of crazy proposition that comes up. I just don't believe it because it would be going against everything. And the first round pick, like we said earlier this week, 
Steve Mills sat in front of a crowd of season ticket holders and said, we are not going to trade a first round pick, especially for a guy that we think we have a chance to get in free agency. And the image of this team, the brand of this team should be paramount at this stage in the game for the Knicks. This turnaround has been a hard, arduous process for them, and they've been well on their way to making a bigger impact on the league, on players, on executives, and on their fans. If they flip it on their head and make a trade like this, I think the fans would be incredibly upset, especially if it ends up being the type of deal that does not seem like a good one on its surface. So if you have to ask me the chances that Jimmy Butler is a Nick via trade, it's less than 1%. It's less than 1%. Yeah, I mean that's that's mostly a good point. Is because we we've gotten duped before with the rebuild thing. You know that's why I brought up the Donnie Walsh thing before. That's and and folks were in on that rebuild. I know it's it was almost a decade ago, so people do forget that. But folks were actually in on that. They were actually it felt in. Real. Yeah, because yeah. they they knew okay, Walsh came in. We finally got these fucking salaries off the books. All we had to do was worry about Eddie Curry's contract for the 2010 season, and that was it. We had Gallinari. We had Wilson Chandler. Um, I think Anthony Randolph was then in the fold. Um, we, I mean, it was what wouldn't say it was an exciting team, but it was just we had young guys who weren't total pieces of shit as players, and we had cap space and our picks. It seemed like, oh, things are going to get good, and then it it just it devolved very quickly. And then we got mellow, and they were more than competitive. They were actually a winning team for those first couple of years, and then it was okay, but. You know, ultimately we didn't we didn't win anything outside of that 2012-13 year. I mean, it, it mostly kind of stunk. So, do we really want to go through that again? The answer is no. That's why everybody's all in on this rebuild. It's because like, just please, for the love of God, just keep just keep drafting guys, keep developing guys, keep whoever sticks. You know, drop whoever doesn't, and just see what happens. And that's it. We just we just want to keep our money, save our money, draft the young guys. Yeah, they would absolutely riot. I mean, we you put that poll up today, right? And yeah. we had 70-something people yell at us just, oh, it's, no! It's over 100. Yeah. There's over, we got, like, ratioed the likes of which hitherto have not been seen beyond a, you know, just classic tweet that comes out from some politician that is just a horribly bad take. That was what our mentions were, which it's a poll, so you expect that kind of thing. But it was, there was an outpouring of vociferous cheers and jeers and everything to that poll. Yeah, so they they absolutely would, bro. They would. I agree. They would absolutely riot. It's just not. You got to see this through now. You you really do. The, I mean, you talked a big game about being patient, about making sure that we do this the right way. We do it the right way. We build slow. We're patient. You can't you can't then suddenly go. Okay, well here's Neela Kina and a protected first round pick and Tim Hardaway Jr. for Jimmy Butler, and then people just lose their fucking minds. It just we, we can't. We just can't. Not, not at this point. And Butler also represents, he is the personification of a shortcut for the Knicks, which another phrase that's been used a copious amount of times during the offseason by Mills, Perry, and Fisdale is no shortcuts. We're doing this the right way. So at the end of the day, it's unlikely because it would mean that the Knicks are going against everything they've said, which, of course, we all know that's always a possibility. Teams can be enticed, but... They realize their past transgressions, and they're not going to let it happen. So let's hear another caller about exactly why the Knicks should not make this deal. 
Yeah, this is Avi. Uh, thought is you stay put. You don't make any trades unless it's to get rid of Noah or Cantor, possibly Hardaway. But even then, I think you got to stick to the young core and, and keep your draft picks for as long as possible. Look at Boston. They didn't trade any stars. They didn't trade any picks. They built slowly. Let Fisdale do his thing with the young guys. You don't even know if Jimmy Butler's a good teammate to have. I mean, he's, he's wants out of, of Minnesota. It seemed like he had a bad ending with Chicago. I mean, ultimately, you want these young guys to have a good, good camaraderie, good bond with each other, and it seems like they got that right now. Don't, don't do anything. You're not winning the East regardless. You're not even going to be the third seed, fourth seed if you get Butler, and you're not giving up major assets to get him too. So let him go to free agency if he still wants to be a Nick then. Then you make a move, maybe. I still like two, three other free agents ahead of him, Kyrie, KD. So you stay put. Let him come to you. Let him come to you is a perfect way to cap something like that off because that's how you make this work. You convince these guys New York is the place you want to be and come here in free agency because we have all these assets that we can offer you to play with without giving them up. And that's what people always comment on the Mello deal. There's eerie similarities because Mello was always a Knicks-Nets, and obviously Jimmy Butler has also listed the Knicks and the Nets, but those teams are in such different positions now than they were at the time of the Mello deal and different ownership, different mindsets. So I think the main things I took away from that call is – A couple good points is the Jimmy Butler teammate thing. I think we always need to consider that, especially on a young roster with the Knicks. Although I do think KP is much different from Cat and Wiggins. I think they're different personalities. And even if you trade for Jimmy Butler, what's the point if it's not going to get you anywhere? You need to shoot to the top. And that's why you wait until you can have an opportunity in free agency to get these guys so that you can keep a infrastructure of a roster around them and welcome them with open arms and say, All your friends are here. We've been waiting for you. Come play in New York because this is where you want to be. If you win here, there's nothing better. This is the place. This is the Mecca. This is New York. Be the free agent to come here and make a difference. And whether that's Butler or Kyrie or KD, leaving an option like that and not mortgaging a part of the future to leave yourself open to that possibility is the number one operator for the Knicks as it should be. Yeah, I mean, ideally, always let them come to you. You know, I mean, the only way... And I think we discussed this um, in our Slack chat before. The only way that I'd really be on board is if it was going to clear a significant amount of salary, and in which case I wouldn't mind giving up a first. Like if you were going to take, if they were going to take back Noah, so that we didn't have to to stretch or waive him, um, you know, and and we gave up, you know, uh, an unprotected first. Hopefully, I wouldn't say for this year. Ideally, you'd want to do that, if anything, like 2021, if you were going to do that. Right. Um, but if you're going to throw that in, and then I, I don't know what the return would be besides Jimmy, but obviously you got to well, do... A, a popular potential trade is Noah Hardaway and a first for Butler and Gorgie Jang. But Gorgie Jang does have some money left. Getting Butler also is gaining and expiring. So if you're going to get off some money... It also gives the Knicks some more cap space down the road to potentially re-sign Butler and another guy if that was to come to fruition. Okay. Yeah, I mean, if, if it was if it was going to clear, you know, Timmy's salary, which, and I like Timmy, I've come around on that, but 
if you're going to clear Timmy in and Joe Kim in one shot, you know, get Jimmy in fold, you know, in the fold already. I think I would be on board for that, to be honest with you. I think that would probably be worth the first in and of itself. You, you get rid of mm-hmm. Noah's salary quickly. You get rid of Timmy's salary quickly. And then the books are pretty much clean outside of Courtney Lee's contract. And then you can kind of work with things from there. So I'd be okay with it in that circumstance. I don't know. I don't think that they would do that is my I thing. I don't think Minnesota would do that either. Because let's talk about the other two teams briefly. The Nets have a few expiring deals that are easy to match up with Butler's salary in Kenneth Fareed and Damari Carroll. They have all their future draft picks. They have some other picks. And they have two young guys that if the Timberwolves like and the Nets are willing to put on the table, that would be difference makers. And that's Karis LeVert and Rondé Hollis-Jefferson. Those are guys that could be potential options. I would say that they'd be more likely to trade RHJ, but does Minnesota like him? Would the Nets give up any firsts after the whole debacle happened and they've completely revamped and they finally have all of their picks? I certainly don't think so. I think the Clippers, if they're going to make a trade, make a lot more sense because the Clippers can trade a Tobias Harris, maybe a Shea Gilgis-Alexander, and another asset, or maybe it's just those two for Butler. The other two teams have frameworks of a deal that are more enticing to Minnesota than the Knicks have, which, of course, has been the story of the Knicks for the past, what, eight years? Yeah. We're going to keep going. No. I thought I was giving you a quick springboard, so I, I can uh, affirm that for you, and then you'd be like, yes, exactly. So, but, but that didn't happen. Tell me I'm right. Well, yeah. There we go. That's all I needed. I thought there was. I thought you were gonna <laughs> lay it on a little bit after that, but no, that's it. I just think that the other two teams have deals that are much, especially to make especially at the, the Clippers. The I think the Clippers really have hundred percent. I think they have, if I'm not mistaken, they have most of their picks, if not all, going forward. And then um, on top of that, I just think the 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 current players they have, you can almost take your pick if you're um, the Wolves. Whereas with the uh, with the Knicks. Uh, and the Wolves, I don't understand why the popular one is Timmy, which, okay, sure, but why would Minnesota do that? They have Andrew Wiggins already. Are they going to move yeah. Andrew Wiggins? Oh, why, can you why, imagine why would you... Tim Hardaway on the wing? Well, oh well that, that's God. what I mean. Like, it's it's very easy to sit here and say, um, oh, yeah, you know, we'll send Timmy out. Timmy's a nice young player. They'll take Timmy. But why would Minnesota take Timmy? They have Andrew Wiggins. It makes zero sense. You can't trot those guys out on the court together, and you really can't have... Those two guys on the same team, it, it would it makes no sense whatsoever. So yeah, in theory, it makes sense for the Knicks to try to package it and get rid of those contracts. But I I can't see any world where Minnesota would want Tim Hardaway Jr. That doesn't make sense to me. Like that King scenario from over the summer when someone brought that up and that was a popular thing to get Timmy's contract out. That makes sense because all they have is power forwards and centers. That's and all. it's the Kings. And it's the Kings. So like that made some sense. But I cannot for the life of me see why the Wolves would take. Tim Hardaway Jr. And he's really the only thing that we have, one, to make the money work, and two, that would be enticing for a team to take back. Like, we can't shoot um, Minnesota, Courtney Lee, Joakim Noah, and and, an unprotected first for uh, Gorgie Dang and Jimmy Butler. That's not... It's not happening. That's not that's not happening on any on any planet. So outside of the Timmy deal, you you basically would then be back to square one, which is, well, which young assets are you giving up? And if the answer is none, then... This doesn't make sense. Then no Jimmy Butler for you. That's it. So don't be throwing out trade scenarios with Courtney Lee and Lance Thomas and these guys without. You're going to have to give up an asset if you want to get Jimmy Butler. The Knicks 
in all likelihood, will not end up doing that. So Jimmy Butler will not be a New York Nick for this season. And there's nothing wrong with that because if he is a New York Nick for this season, that means that Mills and Perry have gone back on their word, which who knows how it would work out. But again, not something I think they're likely to do and not something that they should be willing to do considering the state of the fan base and the state of their franchise across the NBA. So at the end of the day, we're talking about a scenario that has a minuscule chance of happening, and it's just going to be the Knicks again turning an eye to next summer and the summer after that. Yeah, again, something we brought up in the last couple of pods was, you know, everybody's been talking about 2019, but really you should just look to set yourself up for 2020. You know, there's no reason to really rush with the Noah situation, even though that's inevitable at this point. And it looks like they're going to stretch him. There's no trade market for him. So that is what it is. But um, just be patient. I mean, you're going to have basically two swings at this. If if you swing and miss in in 2019 with, with the one slot that they're allotted to have, then, you know, just wait for 2020. There's absolutely no rush. The, the timeline of this team, everybody's, what, 23 years or younger? I mean, this is a very young team. What are we, why are we swinging for the fences? And a couple of them have what we like to think is special talent. We know about KP. We like to think Knox looked like he's going to be a special talent in, in the minuscule summer league sample that we saw. But, you know, Frank's still a project and everybody else is kind of a redemption project. You know, the Moutiers, the Hazonias, the Burks. So... There's just no, there's no rush. There's just no rush. Like Avi, uh, one of the callers said before, you know, this team isn't going to win anything now or next year or the year after. You know, this isn't, they're not going to make a push in the Eastern Conference with the Celtics. The Celtics are young too. People forget that. The Celtics are pretty damn young. Kyrie's 25, 26, and he's going to be healthy this season. Hayward's what, 27, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, yeah, maybe a little older, but yeah. but, But my point is those two are in their primes. Or you know, just entered, or or just just firmly in their primes. But then, their other contributors, you know, not named Horford. Those are young guys. Rozier's young, Jalen Brown's young, Jason Tatum's very young. So that's a relatively young team too. So who? That's not a, a small window that's about to close. And let's say uh, Kawhi decides to to resign in Toronto. Are they going to win anything if Kawhi is now in his prime, healthy? Playing in Toronto with, and that's again, that's mostly a young team outside of Kyle Lowry. You know, don't don't rush the window. Just take your sweet ass time. You already waited for LeBron to get out of the East for the most part. Just take your sweet time now. You got you got these good young picks. There's no rush. There's always going to be free agents. Always. There's no rush. And it's nearly a lock. That's what happens. It's nearly a lock that the Knicks wait this out. They wait their turn, and they present themselves to be in a great position to pitch to free agents come next summer. And if free agents come, that's fantastic. The Knicks have a great shot at getting those guys, so they don't need to give up assets to get there. There are arguments for trading for Jimmy Butler, but I think they're shallow, and I think you can pick holes in them incredibly easily to the point where it would never make any sense unless they got some deal that fell from the heavens because they got so lucky that the Timberwolves just needed to get rid of Jimmy Butler and the Knicks ended up not having to give up any serious assets, which does not seem like a distinct possibility in the slightest. So at the end of the day, we're looking at a team where here's some talk, but don't expect Jimmy Butler to be a Nick if you believe in the Knicks' current regime and what they've been saying all this time. 
And I think we're on lockstep there, right, Kyle? Yeah. Yeah, we are. So that's how it's going to go. So you have anything else you want to talk? Got training camp coming up. Do we think Joe Kim is a Nick come uh, media day? No, I, I can't. I And they are cutting it goddamn close, man. I cannot, I cannot see him being. There's no way. That would be a PR nightmare. There's yeah. no possible way they could trot him out there. Can't there's, happen. I, there, no, there's not. I, I just can't. I just imagine there there would be nothing to talk about. He's gonna come up there. They're gonna trot him out there, and they're just gonna be like, "Hey, so what are you still doing here? <laughs> you haven't been with the team in a while. What's going on? Yeah, are you? What exci- have you done all summer? How's your beard? Yeah, and then if they don't like, ask him, I mean, they're gonna pelt him with questions about um, the stretch or, or being waived or what's he gonna do after this. And if not, then it's gonna get awkward because you can't ask him regular basketball questions like, "Joe Kim, are you excited about the season?" Are you excited to play with uh, Coach Fisdale? It's not happening. It's not happening. It's, it's I, I don't know. I feel like tomorrow or Friday, it's got to happen. They're not going to wait for the weekend to do this. Mm, I don't know. Maybe like a, maybe a late Friday news dump. I could see that happening. Or like a Sunday during football kind of thing. Where it's like, just let's throw it under the rug. Let's get this over with so we don't have to talk about it. It's possible. I don't know. We shall see. Now, Kyle, one last question. Are you excited for Space Jam 2? You know, I'm very excited for Space Jam 2. And Are I, you an OG Space Jam fan? Because I saw a little backlash on it today. I don't think Space Jam is a good movie. Michael Jordan is one of the worst actors I've ever seen. But the nostalgia that's associated with that movie is so strong. It's just, ugh. And it's not a bad movie by any means. Listen, listen. There are reasons for certain movies. Not every movie that gets put out is purposely put out to be a good movie. That's the misconception that people get. People think that every movie that gets put out was put out with the intention to be a good movie. Do you know how many corny comedy-slash-action movies get put out with the intention? They just came out with one. It's called The Predator. Yes. Literally just came out last weekend. Do do you remember uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson's uh, classic Baywatch movie that came out two years ago? Uh, You remember every movie Dwayne The Rock Johnson has come out with in the last five years? Yep. Baywatch? skyscraper san andreas the list goes on jumanji yep they are good movies but the point the point is they're, they're supposed they're, there's reasons for those movies right they, there's they're supposed to be stupid they're supposed to you go you, you laugh a little bit and then that's it people take movies too seriously now everything is supposed to be a critically acclaimed deep plot good story well well told and that's not what it is space jam was supposed to be a stupid fucking movie the original Space Jam was supposed to be a stupid movie. It, just listen to the plot of Space Jam. It, and the dialogue. The dialogue is the and, and the dialogue. It, it, is, it is the fucking Looney Tunes. It's the fucking Looney Tunes. And the Looney Tunes team up and break into Michael Jordan's house to get him to come into their world so they could stop other Looney Tunes, aliens this time, from stealing superpowers and trapping them on Moron Mountain for the rest of time. That's it. It's a, it's a horrendous plot. It's supposed to be horrendous. It's supposed to be stupid and funny. You're supposed to suspend like real critique to watch that movie and get lost in that. And people go way over... This happens with every movie now, but Space Jam is supposed to be stupid. It's supposed to be stupid and funny. Space Jam 2 should be stupid and funny. I'm tired of people saying, well, Space Jam sucked. But yeah, well, it, there's a lot of movies that suck if you hold it by those standards, but that's not what we're supposed to be doing here. I'm a big movie critic too, so I feel like you're directly adding me with this. I am. I, I'm almost. <laughs> I'm almost personally yelling at you here. 
I'm the guy that saw every Oscar nominee for Best Picture last year after it came out and then had a tweet for every single one about why I thought it was good or bad. <laughs> so, Also, Ryan Coogler is producing this one, and he's the same guy that has done Fruitvale Station, Creed, Black Panther. So this could – like it's going to be a well-shot movie. So, And LeBron is a much better actor than Michael Jordan. Like LeBron in Trainwreck was actually like pretty funny, I thought. like He's had some good moments. So I don't know. I'm excited. It should be fun. All right. Either way. Training camp coming up soon. We'll have you covered should anything happen on the Jimmy Butler front. But we're excited. We've been saying it for a couple weeks now on the pod. Basketball is coming. For those of you that called in, thanks a bunch. We're going to send you guys out with a couple more. But we're going to keep that going all season. So those of you that called in, keep them coming when we send it out. Those of you that didn't and want to hear your voice on the pod, let it be heard. Yeah. Tweet that out. Keep an eye. It's going to be coming hot and heavy after games. Whenever we have some questions, we want to hear your guys' voices. That's what we have this podcast for. It's for you guys. Yeah, and save that number, too. Don't just wait for us to tweet it. Save that yeah. number. If, if you're watching and it's the first quarter and Trey Burke has missed 15 mid-range jumpers in a row, made some ridiculous turnovers, or, or Timmy's chucking up a storm and can't hit the, you know, the, the, the ocean, call the number. Just call the number. That's what the number is there for. We want this to be an outlet for you guys to be able to call at any time, for any reason you could see a rumor a report anything anything don't wait for us to be like guys talk to us save the number in your phone call the number as soon as you got to talk about something we get all of them they go nowhere we save all of them we review all of them we listen to all of them and we'll play as many as we can as many that are good enough to to, to make this and uh that's going to be our way of letting you guys speak a little bit as best we can we want to hear from you guys so just please utilize it like matt said it's going to be you know, there for after the games or anything. It'll always be there. We'll tweet it constantly. But try to save that number in your phone and just have it as a hotline of sorts. We just want to hear from you guys for any any reason. It's going to be a very long season. Not going to be a lot of wins. We need to hear from you guys and your thoughts all the way through. Consider it your personal Knicks venting source. That's what it is. And that's the role it's going to play. So be ready for that. We'll send you guys out with two more calls we got. Kyle, nice chatting with you, buddy. We'll see you. You too. Take it easy. I am so fucking hyped for this Jimmy Butler trade. My dream of a big three of Porzingis, Kyrie, and Butler coming true. Butler, oh, 2015, Butler proved he's a fucking man. The fucking Bulls were one bad call away from being 3-1 up on the Cavs on the files, and Jimmy Butler was the best player. I hope we don't trade too much for him, honestly. I am so freaking hyped. We get Kyrie and free HC if we make a smart trade. Oh, God, I'm so hyped. Hey, what's up? This is uh, Bailey from Brooklyn, first time, long time. Just calling in to say that I think acquiring Jimmy Butler would be a really good idea. Um, I like all of your takes on that. I think they should trade Frank Nielakina for him. Um, yeah, so I have. Bye. <laughs>